so the NRA show was this last week, and that's the big, well, the NRA meeting, which includes a giant show, which I guess is pretty comparable to SHOT Show. We didn't go because it was all the way in Indianapolis. I guess it's in Maryland somewhere. Yeah. No? Is that how that what? goes, really? <clears throat> I don't know. Indianapolis? I can only take SHOT Show Maybe once a year. in Indiana? <laughs> I can only handle I can shot only show handle once a year. It, it, if there were if there were some after parties it, it, up at the it, NRA meeting, I can't go. Indiana. Indianapolis. No, Indianapolis, not Indiana. Indiana. Oh. Oh. Let me write that down. Hold on. How do you spell? It doesn't matter. Huh? So the, that was the big meeting where the NRA gets together. And uh, the big news to come out of that, uh, besides Glock having a... Uh, a factory threaded option uh, going to appear sometime in the near future here was that uh, Sarah Palin said some goofy stuff I didn't oh yeah that. yeah what, here I think I almost committed to memory she was like if I were president Ooh. everyone would know that waterboarding is how we baptize terrorists mm. I was like I don't know if I have a problem with that. Deep down, I agree with you, but outwardly, <laughs> I can't agree with you. I yeah, can't you can't. One, with. you can't say that. Two, I completely and wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> right. That's that's the okay. problem. All right. All right. One, she's the former governor of Alaska. Is she still the governor of Alaska? I don't. I don't. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. B, <laughs> she's got a hot daughter. C, wait, she's no. hot. Okay. So the other thing to come out D, of D, she's a lifetime member of the NRA. Was a uh, uh, Magpul uh, debuted some? Uh, you mean question mark lock? Because I have no idea. No, no, no. I wasn't. Even, I was going to completely ignore the M lock and pretend it didn't happen until it was actually you know in my hands. But they had some tools. They had some uh, uh, gunsmithing yeah. AR-15 tools, which I was real interested in. Uh, it looks like they combined a mag magazine um, vice mount mm-hmm. and a Oh, a reaction rod from uh, the, the reaction rod from Geisley or a, uh, a barrel extension tightening doohickey. Like they combine them together to make one tool that you put in your vice and that will actually help you put barrels on uppers on IR-15. I was going to say, there's there's a Geisley reaction rod and then there's all other reaction rods. It just describe is, a reaction rod. I mean, I don't know what that is. And I'm okay, sure a there's lot of several ways to work on your AR-15 upper or m16 or you know for that matter um, variant uh, yeah your ar variant upper there's there's um there's the clamshell method which is real cheap and real popular and i've used that and it's usable and what that does is that encircles or encapsulates your upper and you squeeze that in your vice and then you can take your barrel nut off or your flash hider off or pin and weld your whatever you need to do to your upper receiver um uh, before that, they had uh, just a barrel vise, which is basically exactly what I said. It's a chunk of aluminum you put in the jaws of your bench vise, and it clamps onto your barrel. And that's pretty much the only way they had to work with it. Then DPMS came out with the claw, or somebody came out with something, and it, it's popularized by DPMS, the claw. And what that is is the upper actually goes has pins, corresponding pins, so you put your upper on this claw that's clamped. Because for most people that don't know, you can take your AR-15 apart by removing two pins, sure. and the upper and the lower separate. Yeah. So basically, this this uh, this simulates the lower that's clamped into the device, and you put the upper on, and then you put the pins through it, and you can do all the stuff that you could do with any of the other devices. And uh, none of this is ideal. Um, it, 
it works. I've used all of these devices, and, and they do work, but none of them are ideal. The, the barrel uh, vice mars your barrel. It leaves aluminum on your, on your steel. Uh, if you have a weird barrel contour, it may not fit. Um, if you have a piston system where you can't separate that from the barrel, it may not work, right? So um, the, the, the clamshell um, devices work fairly well. Uh, I have broken them, so they're not infallible. And some people have had trouble with if you have a billet upper or if you have an out-of-spec upper, if you have something weird bolted to it, it won't work. Like optics. You can't leave the optics on it. And you can't leave the carry handle on it. Um, and then the claw, uh, while it works, is not good for serious torque. The DPMS claw will break, tear. Uh, it gives a lot. So it's not real good to put serious and torque on it. You also can't use it when you're working on a 22. Yeah, uh, yeah. If the you barrel's have, inset actually yep. an inch further, so you have to modify your You have to claw. modify the claw for certain guns. Um, you can't, uh, yeah, like you said, the 22 or uh, I, yeah, I think it works for 9. But anywho, the, the Geisley reaction rod is this giant chunk of steel that basically has uh, the, the corresponding lugs that, could, that you'd see on an AR-15 bolt on the end. And you, you, you clamp this thing down in your vise, and you put the basically the barrel extension on there, and it's centered on your barrel. So it's like the best of a, you know, a, a claw upper and a, a barrel vise. So you're actually clamping to the barrel itself through the barrel extension on this uh, Geisley reaction rod. And what Magpul looks like they have done, I, I need to get one of my hands first to, to pass final judgment, but, uh, you know, being a Magpul fanboy, I'm really excited about it, is combine this, this ability to lock into the barrel extension on the barrel, uh, with a, you know, a mag block that holds the, 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 what, the upper or the lower in the vise. So, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about something. So they also, Magpul released a, uh, a armor's tool, which is a barrel nut wrench, and a uh, a for an AR-15. Yeah, AR-15. It barrel allows nut you wrench. to basically take apart. It's kind of like a multi-tool for your AR-15. Yeah, basically a better version of a if you if you if you Google a combination wrench for an AR-15, it's a better version thereof. Is what it looks like. Again, another thing popularized by DPMS. Yes, DPMS. You, you might notice the wrenches if you go to a. a uh, gunsmith, I almost said blacksmith. You go to a gunsmith, you'll find a lot of times kind of a gray, black, and white speckled tool. Yep. Um, with a different, sometimes they'll have two of them hanging on the wall, one with one end and one with a different style end. One has kind of a, yeah. a, a C on the end, and another one has just comes to a point. Yeah. And that's for working on the fixed stocks or the uh, collapsible six point yeah. stocks. Yeah. And I guess Magpul came out with their own version of this that uh, looks a lot heavier duty and easier to use and user friendly. Like most of their stuff. So uh, we're real excited to see some of that. Um, otherwise, coming out of the NRA meeting, um, not a lot of uh, groundbreaking stuff. Ooh. Uh, actually, it's not groundbreaking, but I thought it was cool. What would you think? I think Magpul showed the new, they revamped the Mo line, and it looked oh, the like M-lock. they had... Oh, no, 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 no. Like oh, no, that's actual uh, forend and stuff like oh, that. Oh, they have an extended new... forend. Yeah, yeah, I saw it's that. It's called the Magpul SL. Uh, you can Google that and see. There's a couple of pictures out there of it. And what they've done is they've taken the Magpul Mo forend and they've made it go further. 
I guess overlapping the front gas block, uh, front sight tower. It's like a it's a cutout rail is kind of what you call it because I have that Centurion yeah. C4, so they call it like a mid length or they yeah. carbon length comes in whatever. Cut it basically rail. gives you more area to put your hand so you can get further out on the gun or to bolt accessories so you can get them further out uh, from the receiver on the gun. And uh, we're really excited to see that. We've seen some sneak preview pictures of it. And uh, evidently, Magpul is going to switch over from the Mo pattern slots to something they call M-Lock, uh, which is, I guess, more user-friendly and more usable. And uh, they're going to start shipping that soon and start replacing. And the M-Lock is backwards, backwards compatible with the Mo handguard. Well, from what I read, they say it's backwards compatible, but I think that only applies to the accessories. I don't think that applies. I don't think you take a new M-Lock and bolt it to an old Mo handguard. Why would you not be able to? I mean, Because the hole's bigger on the M-Lock. So I think you can take an adapter and adapt your Mo light mount to the new M-Lock, but I don't think you can go the other way. Now, um, that's just from preliminary Do you have your reading. facts on that, Scott? I, I read the whole PDF that uh, Magpul uh, put out about the M-Lock. It okay. even had the Geisley rail on it Just and making sure. I didn't know if you got yeah. you know your CAD program out. And, and um, Howard Defense, I believe, is already shipping rifles with the Geisley M-Lock on it. So these things are shipping, and uh, this I, is actually moving. I did hear that the Tavor now has a Timney trigger in it. Yeah, Timney or it's uh, an option for has an one. optional uh, trigger for the Tavor. I have seen the 9mm... Caliber change kits for sale, actuals for sale, uh, street priced in the eight uh, nine hundred dollar range. So y- if you want to change your Tavor over from two two three to nine millimeter, that's possible. Um, I don't know. Uh, I didn't see anything out there that excited me. There are some new colors for things, and there's some new versions of things. Um, the lightweight AR thing is in full swing. People coming out with four pound rifles and five pound rifles, and uh, I guess that's the next big thing. Um, is going to go ultra lightweight, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, I do like a nice light gun to carry around. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, from what I've seen, it's it's gone to the edge of uh, it's going to be expensive to do. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what actually settles out and uh, what, uh, what manufacturers actually sell to the rest of us. Um, uh, other than that, I don't remember anything else big from... Uh, from the show. Uh, right after the show, PTR91 announced that they were done with their move to North Carolina from Connecticut. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but we talked about it here on the show that uh, PTR91 was moving from Connecticut uh, post Sandy Hook uh, and yes. the aftermath and the fallout and the laws that they passed. Uh, I think they were one. They were one of the first. They were, they were one to, of the to come out and be like, "Yeah, yeah. we're out of here." Uh, real happy about them. Uh, PTR 91's got some new designs out. Uh, they're talking about coming out with a Sig Brace equipped 308 pistol, <laughs> which mm-hmm. should be exciting and uh, make a heck of a noise toy uh, to shoot at the rain. Put that loudener with on your it. loudener. Yeah, that's the first thing I put your snake hound machine loudener on that puppy uh, if he's got it in the right threads, and uh, you could probably physically damage yourself. You could probably detach a retina or something, right? That's they. That's, well, they're already loud and they, obnoxious. It was right? touted as a force multiplier, and you will definitely be multiplying some force with <laughs> yeah. something like that. I will multiply it right into my eardrum. I don't know if you could hit anything. I think you would be after the first round. If you don't hit it the first round, I think you would be too disoriented. And to, to me, it's like a stun grenade going off. 
I'd have to wipe the blood out of my yeah. my tear ducts before yeah. I take a Your eyes shot. start to bleed and your nose fills at up least with gunpowder. <laughs> at least your hearing protection keeps the blood all in your ears. Yeah, it keeps it from it's it keeps puddling. it pooling <laughs> yeah. in, in there in the ear. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm just thinking about the dude getting his face melted at Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> yeah. That's what it feels like is happening da, da, da. if you shoot one of those full auto, one of those short 308s full <laughs> auto. It literally feels like that's happening. You really think, i got to go to the bathroom now and check my face because it's melted off. And then I don't know about uh, everyone else, but a lot of ranges here have the metal awnings that you shoot underneath. Oh, oh I can't even imagine. I mean... I mean, I've shot a five five six with like a, a a nice break on you it. You know what? I just had a I just it. had a question come, or I just thought of something. If you take a suppressor uh-huh. that like a three hundred eight suppressor, that's uh-huh. normally slated for you know at least a sixteen inch barrel, maybe. Yeah. Do they rate those to go on four or five inch barrels? Depends on the manufacturer. I know on a five five six gun, you get down about ten inches, and a lot of suppressor manufacturers will cease honoring their warranty if you go any shorter. And I wouldn't recommend. Uh, on a 308, I don't, I haven't seen any hard numbers, but I can't imagine anything shorter than 16 inches, maybe 14 and a half at the most on a 308. Because, because you're you lose with a 308, you lose a lot when you start going to a, a, a SBR or a VSBR, which is short barrel rifle, a very short barrel rifle. And with those, uh, I think you'd be better served with another caliber if you're going to go that short. Uh, 6.8, 300 blackout. 762 by 39, something to that line. Have we talked about where now that you can actually fill all that paper out, it's all digital now? Yes that, and no. I, I guess have we, have we brought that up uh, and, and, and let everybody know? I think we talked about the e-forms. Uh, if you Google um, e-forms ATF, uh, there's a lot of forms that you can do from a one. Uh, I know you can do a three and a four. And I want to say there's some there's a form six that some people use importers or somebody manufacturers maybe mm-hmm. something. Um, anyways, the ATF a while back came up with an e-file, and uh, we all e-file our uh, IRS stuff, so we know how that stuff works. And they came up with an online form system that you could use uh, for registering, building, or importing SBRs and the like, and uh, it worked. Sort of for a while. It worked until it, was, it didn't. And then it was then it was turned off, and the ATF said, "Sorry, no more e forms." Now, the important thing to remember about this wasn't just the ease of filing, you know, because it's not much harder, honestly, to fill out a piece of paper, fold it up, and put it in the mail than it is to get on the ATF's website and fill out this e file form. The thing was that the the return time, the processing time, was. Uh, by all accounts, you know, reduced from, you know, nine to 12 months to three to four months, which is a huge reduction in wait time when you've got that suppressor sitting on your dealer's shelf or you get the hacksaw out and you're waiting for that Form 1 to come back so you can cut down your whatever. That's a lot. Nine months and 12 months is a long time to wait, especially if you've, you know, spent $1,200 on a suppressor and it just sits there on the dealer's shelf until your paperwork comes back. Or $3,000 on an SBR. Well, I don't know. Y- y'all ever heard of Silencer Co.? Uh, yes. And y'all heard of Noveski? Once or twice. Mm, heard of. Did y'all yeah. hear that they are uh, announced a partnership? Today? I heard. Oh, and Nosler. Yeah, Nosler, Noveski, Silencer Co., they're all cozying up over there. Now, the word is that all the Noveski guns are now going to come with uh, Silencer Co., uh, muzzle devices, yeah, right? Yeah, like the tri- trifecta RS right? flash hider or muzzle brake. 
right. ready to mount a silencer coast silencer. Now, I imagine this doesn't take the, the, the famed Novesky pig completely off the table, right? Different application. Imagine, yeah. Yeah. But uh, it sounds like all their standard guns are going to come with, uh, you know, the non-short barrel rifles and, and VSBRs are going to come with uh, these silencer co muzzle devices which will be uh, very interesting to see uh, how that goes in the future. I've heard nothing but good things about Silencer Co. Um, and they're going to start uh, offering a short barrel and silencer combinations this year. Uh, so. Kind of like uh, following in Daniel Defense with the ISR type thing, mm-hmm. maybe. Hmm, that'll be interesting to see. And the partnership was born out of mutual dedication to performance, craftsmanship, and attention to detail. Attention to detail. Detail. <laughs> Well, I we you know n- nobody's heard anything but good things from Novesky. Uh, nobody's I I haven't heard anybody say anything bad about a Novesky product. Uh, you won't. And um, the same thing with the Silencer Co. stuff. I haven't heard anything bad about their uh, their products at all. So this is a good teaming. Now another company that I have yet to hear anything bad about is uh, Nosler, and uh, evidently they're going to start making Novesky branded. Uh, ammunition uh, starting with a 300 blackout and uh, it's going to be some cool stuff evidently we're going to see some new designs from Nosler maybe some uh, some subsonic specific bullets which was exciting for the 300 blackout and maybe we'll see some cool supersonic loads I've been waiting for that I've been waiting for supersonic 300 blackout match loads not because that's the best application for 300 blackout but because I think that the platform is capable of outstanding accuracy, but nobody's nobody's really concentrating on it. They're concentrating on the subsonic stuff, which is understandable. I mean, that's why the round was invented, uh, to be fired subsonic. But I'm really interested in the supersonic stuff out of uh, VSBRs, hunting applications, perhaps. If it comes in the heels of the uh, what the harvester, I think it was, was the seven six two direct thread, that kind uh-huh. of the very hunting, like directly oh, marketed yeah. to hunters. That was exactly sure. what it was for. So I bet I'm interested to see if that becomes like a bit of a marriage between Silencer Co. Novesky doing something, and uh, that you know it's optimized for the the Huma Jam Nosler. Novesky, oh, the ammo. Novesky-tastic ammunition. Oh, so oh, it kind oh, of reaches okay. an apex between all three I'm of following those companies. Here. We, got, we get a Novesky SBR, like an Afghani type barrel, right? Something. We, we get we get a uh, a Silencer Co., you know, something inexpensive. Well, and the but, Sakers are right. Well, the, but the Harvester is that. But direct thread, yep. mm-hmm. 300 blackout specific. Yep. And then we have the ammo to match. Bingo. So they're all working together to make the perfect system. We're looking for great things coming out of Novesky, Silencer Co., and uh, Nosler in the near future. And we're really excited about some of that stuff. Now, I know I am. My brain's turning on the subsonic things. Uh-huh. Did, we, did we bring up the the special Glock sauce barrels? That, that yeah, yeah. We, we, talked, we, we just talked about the Glock. Yeah, uh, Scott hit on it for about 15 seconds. Oh, yeah. okay. Kind of blew the plastic. I was probably too busy now. Now, here's the question. Glock currently will sell you a factory threaded barrel. Now, it's hard to find. You got to go to Gym Tech or somebody like that who who specializes in such things, but they will sell you one. However, mm. it is 13 by 0.1 by left hand threads. It's some weird metric thing. Right? Is it that Spec Ops like with the whole it, M&P, which I've no, still no, no, yet no, no. to. That's a whole European out. thing. I don't think it was made for this market. I don't <sighs> think it was. It's like the same. You know, weird thread that you get on an H and K, but without the H and K money. So 
the question is, will their barrels be a normal U.S. thread, half by 28 for a 9 mil, you know, or half by 36 or something, something fairly normal? Or will they be this weird European stuff like they already offer in their factory threaded barrels? I, I don't know. It's actually, I was, that was like the one industry thing I was mulling over on the way here. And I was like, what, why has it taken Glock so long? I tell you. I'll tell you why. I can answer that question. Answer the question. Glock is four years behind the curve. And I don't know why, and I don't know how, but they just dropped a pocket 380. Well, okay, and that, that that's, that's, that's literally – I started reversing the, the chronology in my brain of like – what they've dropped, and every time they drop something, we're li- and we've we've literally. I think you and I. I don't know if we were on on the air, but we had this discussion about how they're always the Glock is like the like the military. Like they come up with something really good, and it just happens like four or five years too late for yeah. whatever for whatever reason, and it's completely inertial. It's just how they they work. Yeah, like, and I think so. I think that's I think that's their whatever their cycle, their business cycle, their planning cycle. Their and, and I guess it doesn't. I mean, obviously, it's not hindering it's not, them at it's all. Not, they're going to sell every one they make. Yeah. The 41, uh, you know, nobody was really asking for a long slide slim 45 in a full size. Nobody's really asking for and that. Are they going to sell every one? They're, they're going to sell. I haven't shelves. seen one. I've seen one for sale, and I bought it. So there's exactly zero others I've seen. Yeah, and I was just kind of going back in my brain and looking at all the things. It, in my In my... My time of being old enough to uh, to know Glock and to be able to purchase them and things like that and be included into them, it was like the RTF, the Gen 4s. The Gen 4 was about four years too late. Nothing to, happened. To address the, the issues that the 40 cals had at the police department. And then the lights on them, right? Literally nothing happened until, what, the, the, if the you full, go, 30 SF. And that if, was probably the next... Yeah, big thing. It that took happened. them how many years to address the fact that people picked up the twenty-one and said this feels like a two by four, you know. Uh, same thing with the thirty, uh, like you mentioned. And uh, going back even further, uh, when Glock came out with the baby Glocks, it was about four years behind the curve of the concealed carry craze. Now that's had a resurgence. So I think that one kind of came full circle because yeah, we've no, like I said, none so of this hurts their company. None of this hurts their bottom line. It all just confounds us, you know, as aficionados. I guess I want to say. Yeah, now, if you look, as Glock lovers, that's why we're at. We're not saying boo on you. It's just right. If you no, not at all. We're just confused up, though, by the by the decisions. Uh, there's pictures of the booth, and they actually uh-huh. have. It says for a limited time. Yeah, and they did state that the, the barrels uh, were yeah. like a G17 kind of long slide and thread. Threaded barrels available in the G17, 19, 21, and 23, and it yeah. says for a limited time. Yeah, and th- and that's what that's what that was the information I had. Uh, I didn't. I guess I glossed over the limited time thing. But the 17L and the 24 are always limited runs, anyways, right? We don't see a ton every of them. two. Was it every two yeah, years? Or something yeah, every two ish. years, every three yeah, years. So that's every the four question, years. though. Are they just saying that the 17L is a limited run, or the it's always barrels are going to be a limited run? That's as well? a very good question. Now we've seen a lot of changes in Glock. They quit shipping with night sights, right? They quit. That's not one of their SKUs anymore. Uh, if they had these four SKUs for the 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 threaded barrel guns actually eight skews because they got to have threaded barrel ten round mags and threaded barrel full capacity right so if they had these right. eight skews uh, that's a good question is this going to be temporary is this going to be uh, is it going to be Gen threes only is it Gen fours are we talking sixteen skews you know um, 
that's a lot uh, from a from a fan standpoint. Who cares? You know, we want to see the Glock. Uh, we want you to build it. You know, build it for us. But from a manufacturing and a sales standpoint, you know, adding 16 SKUs to the system is not a little thing. That's a big deal. Do you think deal. that they added that threaded barrel because of the 42? Because of everything that came out with the 42? Do you think no, that they were like, let's just go ahead and uh, offer that? I don't see no. that. I think they. Ju- it was in the. I think it would have been more congruent with the nine with a th- single stack. Nine I think comes, it was. It was. Else. It's. It was just one of those things that was the next thing they were going to do. They were going to yeah. come out with a single stack gun once they started building guns in Smyrna. They were going to come out with whatever they're going to come out with next. The barrels uh, fall in line with uh, Smyrna builds also because importing a threaded barrel is kind of a pain. And well, that's what I was saying. So, so is it, it's like good icing oh, on a bad okay. cake. Oh, okay. That's what you were getting yeah. at. I, didn't, I wasn't I think covering this is, it. Like, hey, guys, look what we're doing. You know, let's kind of forget if about it's that. Limit, Let that kind of go down a little bit. If it's limited, you know, I, I could see your point. And then is it going to really – are the barrels really going to be limited? Are they going to come back? Or it's I, like the the, go, the store named going out of business. There's a huge sale. aftermarket for these yeah. things, right? We're going got, out of business. We've got Lone Wolf. We've got KKM. we got Barstow. We've got uh, Storm Lake, who is is now a, a Freedom Group company, right? Mm-hmm. Lots of people are making aftermarket barrels for these guns. Uh, even Lone Wolf, I believe. Is yeah, I said Lone Wolf. Uh, Glock, in case you didn't say them. Glock jumping in on this is smart marketing let's let's give it to them from the get-go let's take the, the aftermarket they did the same thing with the grip force adapter right uh, this guy came out with this grip force adapter for these gen 4 glocks and then glock added a beaver tail to the uh repertoire of back straps that it ships for the glenn 4 gen 4s so no need to sell a grip well, force let me, adapter. okay now i'm kind of playing this through my brain because i'm comparing especially given that they were overseas for the longest time uh-huh. that they're Glock, unlike like HK and Knights and things, who have always like they 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 will come out and say yes, we have these unobtainium things you can mm-hmm. know has right. they are for dot mil dot gov right. entities and they they won't hide that. Glock has never really been that way. If they've got something just the special, Glock suppressor, we don't know, and that's right. And there's one yeah. you know if they've done that's the only we, thing we've really heard we, of. And if it if there's anything else, we don't know about it. Right. Whereas the other guys are like, yeah, we you can't have that. Whatever. Yeah, we right. make that, but we won't build it for you. Yeah. Whereas I wonder if this is a product of an I mean, you you've noticed it that you know suppressor ownership, private ownership is absolutely through the roof. Yeah, I don't have the numbers here in front of me, but I think the NSSF reported that it's three hundred percent. Texas by itself, like that. I think Texas right now matches the applications from what the ATF has put out. Yeah. Is it almost matches, if not exceeds, the entire rest of the nation combined for, and that's, for ordering suppressors. And that's up 300. I think it was like 300 something percent. Yeah. It's 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 just like exploding. It's absolutely. Well, here's a question I have for you. We we all know about the proliferation of suppressor ownership here in America. Is there any chance whatsoever of getting suppressors, silencers taken off the NFA roster, getting that law repealed, or getting getting a a, a ruling on it, or I don't anything think, of that nature? I don't think the Fed. It's going to be one of the, I think, and this is my belief on not just suppressors, that this is a state's thing. I, and you're going to see this like the way Arizona's gone, the way Georgia, I believe, most recently. is Georgia, Alabama. Georgia, I want to say that just mm. last week or two weeks ago passed that it ridiculously sweeping bill. nullification. Oh, um, it's going yeah, to come Georgia down, passed it yeah. for carry, yeah. I think this is going to be one of those ones where the states are going to start to take it into their own hands. Yeah. And if if... if SCOTUS says anything about it, it's going to come on the heels of them playing catch up 
with the states starting something. Hmm. I don't well, think you're going to see a, a push from the Fed. Well, look at look this at is this an actual from, law though. From March from March of 2012 okay. yeah. to April of 2013. Uh-huh. New York saw a 156% increase. Mm-hmm. Ohio saw a 144% increase. Ma- uh, Massachusetts a 97, Utah a 70, Oklahoma a 69, and the entire United States overall mm-hmm. a 37% increase from March 2012 to April 2013 2000 for gun silencer registration. That's just 2012 to 13. That doesn't, yes, that doesn't that's even, not the newest stuff. That's just yeah, all I can find. We're not talking like from 08 till now. Yeah, I'm talking wow. within the last year or two. And it that's that's big numbers, man. Exploded. We know why they're behind, right? The ATF is behind in processing forms because of this. They're, they're 9, 12 good, months behind. It's good and it's bad. It's, it's, it's always like, sure. thanks, Texas, for putting a bunch of suppressors in the system. Thanks, Texas, now for putting we, a bunch of suppressors in the system. Now, the problem is, like you said, normalizing suppressor ownership has absolutely nothing to do with the ATF. There is a law on the books. The Gun Control Act of 1936 says that a suppressor is a controlled item. That's that's the only that's the long and the short of it. Now, as much as we talk about you know what is and isn't a suppressor, that can be argued in court. Well, okay, so the no, because so we have NFA nineteen thirty four. I don't want to. What did on. I say? Thirty six. Yeah, because you were thinking GCA because GCA sixty eight, and I don't know thirty four. Yeah, NFA, you're probably right. The NFA was thirty four. The GCA was sixty eight. Okay. Um, and the other thing you'll notice, and you know me being a little more clued into the LE, there's a lot of departments switching to that are either a authorizing or B, issuing suppressors to their patrol, not just their SWAT guys, but their patrol guys as well. And you see it every time there's an active shooter now where you're like, wow, that guy's got a lot of stuff on his gun. Sure. To include an AAC, I think given the fact that they've got the Freedom Group hook now, so a lot of them are buying packages and rifle packages and things like that and optimized guns, is suppressors are normalizing. It's absolutely becoming, uh, you know, I think... Just again, in my short span of being involved, the connotation of bringing a suppressor out has changed drastically in say the last five years. Drastically. Well, and that's part of part of it is the normalization of it, right? As more people get it, more people understand it. Did you bring up about overseas, uh, Europe, and how? And I, I was going to say in the thing oh is, yeah, in Europe, like you, in New you, Zealand, you have to, to build in some one. Places. Well, in I know in Britain, uh, to shoot certain shotguns, you have to have special shotgun suppressors, which we can't even fathom here. Most people don't even know they exist. In places like New Zealand, you can go into the hardware store and buy a 22 suppressor. Which is how it used to be. Yeah, for less than $10 American. And they used to be, I think, yeah. 10 or $15 at, yeah. a, at a hardware store in the yep. States before the NFA. Before 1934, as you uh, corrected me on. Now, like I said, is there any chance of the NRA, whoever, getting enough clout now we saw where at the NRA meeting they uh, they mentioned and it wasn't really covered a lot. They mentioned another push to uh, for national reciprocity, right? Maybe that's the next step I that the NRA that. wants to fight. I do see that. They happening. got it through for the police. I forget the name of the act, but every co- every uh, retired and on duty cop can carry and Leosa. Yeah. Uh, can carry and it's re- re- reciprocated. The laws are reciprocated in every other state, which means you can't have a state that says a cop can't carry there, basically. Um, and that was, and the NRA really helped uh, push that through. And that was because so they could set up a national reciprocity for concealed carry license, which means, which should work, right? Theoretically, just like a marriage license, just like a a a driver's license where I can car- if I can carry in Texas I can carry in Washington I can carry in California I can carry in in New York which 
is not the way it works. Uh, right now, it works more like a plumbing license, whereas I'm a licensed plumber in Texas, but I can't come work on your plumbing in New York without a licensed plumbing. Well, again, there. and I, that's coming from the states, and you've seen sure. a a lot of I think it's almost I think we're up to thirty some now nah, maybe it's, I know there's a lot of reciprocity on the well, states. Well, I'm level. going back to the suppressors, not only suppressors, uh-huh. a legal because I think we've got we have got one more holdout for NFA, one state that's a no go in NFA, and I don't remember. Technically, Texas it's illegal. It's just a defensive prosecution to have your federal paperwork all in line. Ah, okay. Still and illegal here. But there are states, states legalizing that, for yeah. hunting, and that's another yeah, big one. That's, that's, that was big. When Texas, you can use one yes. in Texas. And, well, and, and I know it's, it does differ from varmint. Some states have approved varmint yes. and not actual tag hunting. It, it, it varies. Yeah. Um, but, again, I think that's showing a, a um, not a progression, but it's a – a change. Yeah, the states. Again, the state. This is the state's initiative. This is showing an initiative at the state level, um, because the constituency is speaking. The people are speaking and saying, "Yes, this is the deal." I think we're normalizing things. Like I said, I think we're winning. Um, and I think one of the things that shows that is that, like you said, the change in the state laws. The we've put up a map on our Facebook page, uh, Facebook.com/slash/GunShowPodcast, that showed that. Uh, we went from no states, uh, a large, most states not allowing any concealed, lawful concealed carry to, you know, most of the country, if not all of it. Is it all of it yet? Having a sh- some sort of issue permit uh, able to be issued. I don't think it's all of it. It's n- okay. I they're don't think all approved. Any I think every now. state was approved after it California lost. However, they're not all. Shall issue. No, they're still not all shall issue states. Yeah, yes. that's, that's, that's true. There's still some main issues. But it's on the books. State. I think everyone. Ooh, does DC? Yeah, DC does. I think they finally did. DC has a permit, uh, kind of like New York, nobody, nobody gets one. But, yeah. uh, but will they follow in the wake of California, who were they were ruled you can't just arbitrarily issue a may issue permit. You have to basically it, ha- you ha- it has to be shall issue. And I, yeah, and I think that this that will come. I think the Supreme Court will will come down and say yes. If it you have you have to be a shadow. Now what shooter. usually happens is states like Illinois uh, fight it as long as they can. But when it comes down to it, either courts make them change, or some of the states who don't want to fight it tooth and nail say, all right, the Supreme Court has decided this. We need to change our laws to this. And that may even get eroded in the lower courts at the state level. Sometimes I, it does. And it does. It happens. I mean, it even happened in Illinois. Wasn't it struck down initially in Illinois? It was. In, in a state court? It was, but it had to go all the way up to the to the level. Right. Because uh, Chicago and was still holding out. For the for the record, just not to backtrack, a state, a, just a, a May issue, and I think we've said this before, a May issue state is arbitrary. Um, y- you can completely apply and be and be acceptable. Sure, but it's up to the issuing authority. Yeah, it's it's usually the sheriff or a judge. They can just say no. It's kind of like getting a getting a Clio signature for an NFA item. They don't have to issue you a CHL. A shall issue state, which is the good one, if you meet the requirements and otherwise can can you know uh, attain one they have to they have no they cannot not issue you one right yeah the the it doesn't come down to anybody's choice it's uh, whether you're eligible or not if you're eligible they have to give it to you if you're ineligible uh they don't issue it to you there's nothing arbitrary about that so now we had a listener question oh yeah i want to get to that uh question by uh brandon 
Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, from Brandon. And uh, uh, mad cushy props to Brandon. Uh, virtual high five. Thanks for listening, buddy. Now, Brandon got to us on our Facebook page, which I mentioned was uh, facebook.com slash gunshowpodcast. And uh, so we were able to address his, uh, his question. And uh, are you going to read that for us? Uh, yes, he says, I've been looking into different ways of carrying a loadout, uh, mags, pistol, gear, etc., or etc. How do you say that? I believe it's etc. Et it's just et, et, et Yeah, okay. it's just I heard you guys talk about the battle belt before, but also wanted to hear your opinion on chest rigs versus plate carriers. I would mainly be using this for range sessions, but would also like the option for competition. Also, with so many manufacturers to choose from, what do you guys go with? Uh, I like the quality of Tactical Tailor, but love the price of the Condor stuff. What's your opinion and and usual? Oh, as usual. Yeah, yeah I know. What's your opinion and, and as usual? Andy. Keep up the great work. Andy. 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 <laughs> the. <laughs> it was the. It was the. My bad. Yeah. Minty. Oh, he's <laughs> right. He's right. Yeah, you can see the umlaut. Harassment. So uh, <laughs> the question is, and I think a lot of this is. Um, like he says, opinion. Each user's opinion. Yeah, you're not going to But get a right lot of it has to do with your mission, right? Mission drives the gear train. So if your mission is to have something you can throw on in your trunk of your car and go, you know, take your long gun out, throw on whatever, and go fight the fight, then that's going to be different than someone who has to wear, you know, armor day in, day out. Or someone who wears soft armor and throws on plates, like a beat cop, perhaps. Right. Uh, maybe somebody like uh, who keeps their armor on standby. Maybe they have their plates and soft armor all together. They don't wear anything normally. Maybe that person wears a a, a belt rig of some sort with maybe you know his pistol and his blowout kit and his reloads, and maybe everything else is on the, the chest rig or armor. Uh, some people don't. Armor is expensive. Let's face it, armor is not cheap. Some people don't keep armor laying around, and maybe for those people, a chest rig is the best way to go. Um, a chest rig versus battle belt, I think a battle belt is ultimately faster, having played with it all. Um, I know when I shoot a three-gun style match where speed is the ultimate, and everything else is kind of secondary. Uh, the battle belt wins out over a chest rig for me. Um, for vehicle ops, though, a uh, chest rig works better. You don't have the stuff hanging from your waist to get in the way when you're getting in and out of the car or the truck. Uh, so the chest rig works a lot better. The chest rig is also more modular. Uh, you can wear it over armor. You can wear it over just rain gear. You can wear it over a T-shirt. Um there's a lot of options out there, and I think you, you it's like a holster, right? You end up with a, a box full of holsters at the end of your, your finding what works for you run, right? And I think you end up with a box full of uh, nylon when you finally figure out what works best for you and your mission. And if your mission changes, sometimes the box gets more full. Now, luckily, with nylon, you could sell it. You don't have to keep it like a box full of holsters. You know, it's usually not worth getting rid of on Uncle Mike's. Uh, but getting rid of a tactical cha- tailor, uh, what do they call this, Centurion? What do they call their uh, armor? Mav. No, oh, their armor? You know what I'm talking about? Any, any, doesn't matter. Uh, Mav, Centurion. Because uh, I've got a Mav. So. Yeah, I've got a Mav. Tactical tailor makes some good stuff. Condor um, makes some usable stuff. Uh, 
it, it's definitely usable, especially short term. It's not going to be as rugged as the good stuff, the Eagle, the Tactical Tailor, the First Spear. It's not going to be as well designed. It's not going to necessarily be in spec. Um, having used Condor gear, sometimes the PALS is sewn a little too close. Sometimes it's sewn a little too far. <laughs> so sometimes it's tricky. Um, it's definitely usable. It's definitely a good way, like when I wanted to, when I thought I might like a battle belt. You know, I could spend a hundred some odd dollars on an ice belt, or I could spend thirty bucks on a condor belt. I was able to go purchase the condor belt, wear it to a few matches, and figure out that I liked it. Um, and then I could get rid of the condor belt and buy a good one. Uh, same thing with a chest rig. A condor chest rig, thirty forty bucks, is a lot cheaper than a three hundred dollar first spear. You know. And you can find out if you like a chest rig or, or a plate carrier or fill in the blank. It's a to me, it is a ne- it's absolutely a never ending cycle. Mm-hmm. It I have never I have four when I own four plate carriers now and an assortment of other things that I've picked up both professionally and, and otherwise. And I'm never ever satisfied, not ever at all. I'm always fiddling with something to try and optimize it. Because then I'm like, well, I need my medical gear closer. Sure. I need to prioritize my magazines. I need to do... And, yeah, but I, but I, as a military man in a combat arms MOS or AFSC... And here's case, the... And here's you, the your, your application is a lot different. Here's the problem. And that's when you say the mission drives the equipment, I almost... it's I think that's very overused and added... Okay, here's a word I don't know how to pronounce. An adage? A-D-A-G-E? What's adage. he saying? Adage? Yeah, adage, adage okay. yeah. I think that's what kind does that of... Mean? I don't know what it is. I know how to use it. You used it, and you didn't. You're as bad as I, I am. That's very capricious of you. You know what? I will <laughs> arbitrarily. I, sometimes I used to. I like words that make me sound Adage, more photosynthesis. Noun, a okay? proverb or short statement expressing a general truth. Boink. Adage, got it. Boom. The old <laughs> adage, Perfectly. out of sight, out of mind. Oh, so the old adage of the gear driving the train. The old that's saying. your point. Okay. I got it. Okay. Kind of like a train as you fight, which I think is another one that's just kind of thrown out train there. Like, you know? Yeah, train like you fight. And uh, It is thrown out there a lot, but so they are truths, right? It's a truth to a certain extent. If it's applied it correctly. It starts yeah. because, you, and you say, my, my, me, my personally, my application from the military side, and it's changed as I've been in the military because sure. I've done more than one job. That because every the gear starts there. It's driven by the end user. Yes, uh-huh. yes, their mission. You know, they initially start making things, and then a company starts producing it. So then it, that's the trickle down effect. The problem is when it is. Or, and the word arbitrary is being thrown around. When people on on our end of the spectrum, and when as civilians, and people just see it and they hear, oh well, the mission drives the the, the equipment. They arbitrarily buy something and they just say, well. I wear it because so and so wears it, and the mission drives the equipment. It's like no, 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 no. no. You got to figure out your mission. And you that's the figure problem. Out your application, and then you figure out your equipment. The mission drives that. the equipment on the sharp, pointy end of the spear that we've got out there. But the problem is, so many people will take that on blind faith, sure, and then they get it, and they're like, "Oh wait, this absolutely doesn't jive for anything that I have to do with it." Mm-hmm. To include bailing out of my Volvo at daycare, or sure, doing whatever to you know, bump in the night, whatever scenario it may be. It's an it's absolutely an entirely different thing, and really, unfortunately, you don't see a lot of people on this side of the spectrum objectively looking at what they really need. There is, and, and well, it's and there's different levels of need. There's the optimal thing that you could spend all your money on. But maybe it'd be better spent buying a blowout kit or going to another firearms course 
or maybe it'd be better spent upgrading your daily driver car well, or maybe the, it'd be better spent on you know sending your kids to an eddie the eagle program i don't know or just more ammo so you can train right. or, even, or ammo so you let's can even, that's learn how micro, to shoot even inside that microcosm of just training just the training world and this is not a dig there i know plenty of civilian guys that have a, a way more money than i do that go sure. to some really wild classes and it happens. It is absolutely. Some of those classes are in no way applicable to what you do as a civilian. And I'm not sure. saying you shouldn't yeah. be able to do that if it's out there. No, take it. if I you don't want care. to have fun, if that's your form of entertainment, go knock yourself out. But man. there's a difference. And but don't you know guys that are like, well, I have a need. No, 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 no. You don't need an assault breaching class. Sure. When you're a computer programmer or whatever, I'm not digging on anyone. Yeah. But there's a the mission drives the equipment. You could spend money on taking really good, you know minute handgun classes that will make you a much better handgun shooter. Yep. Or learn what to do when you're inside your vehicle. That yes, vehicle learn how operations. To fight. Yeah, learn how to fight from where you're going to be or what you're going to be wearing. Now, I'll be honest. If I could afford it, I would go blow stuff up. Absolutely. And I think everyone should <laughs> sure, blow yeah. I think, and I'd I'm telling range, you this. And I'd shoot out of my own car. You should, everyone should go blow something up like with real explosives at least one in their In one a controlled, in safe way, not hurting anyone. Not right now and not near us. Yeah, okay. and not near anyone. I mean, if you're paying for it, I'll go. I don't. You can be near me. I don't. Whatever. But yeah, just send us an invite. Don't surprise us. Boop surprise. What? <laughs> um, anyway, um, yeah, Ted Kaczynski. I know you're listening. Anyway, um, <laughs> well, I think of too uh, soon. Uh, and and let's let's get some real world examples out there. We're talking a lot of generalities. Well, we can let me. Let, okay, so let's stop. What I want to do is uh-huh. let's go chest rig belt. Okay. Or chest rig plate carrier belt. Okay. Okay. So he brought up three. As a civilian, and I, uh, Brandon, I, I'm sorry, Brandon, is that I, I apologize. I got it. Was no, it was a B. So I want to say it was Brandon. Who are you talking the, about? The, the the gentleman who, the, who the asked listener. this question. Yeah, Brandon. You know this you listener, right. this Brand, listener okay. that you said Brandon. Yeah, yeah, that you forgot his name. I didn't. I, I didn't. Just I said another, you thought you just, might. Why is he texting you? Is Brandon. He texting you? No, that's no, Brandon. Brandon, said, stop texting me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because you said you were going to talk about the question today. He said, "Awesome, you made my Wednesday." No, so that I was. Hope and you now I, I hope you don't ruin his Friday when he hears that you could remember. Alienating listeners, Ethan. So. Shot in the dark, boom, impact. Got it right, okay? Um, first Congrats. round first round impact, five for effect. Um, so, I'm not going to tell you what works and what doesn't work for your applications. And, I, you know, I checked out your profile a little bit, so it seems like you got the home defense Whoa. thing going on. Okay. I'm a creeper. We only have one creeper, and now we have one on the show. We don't have just a listener. Don't pretend we have like you didn't know this was here. <laughs> anyway. It was weird when you went back and started liking stuff from, like, 2006 on my Facebook page. You look good, man. Thanks, appreciate it. That's why I unfriended him. <laughs> oh, no wonder I mean, you haven't been responding to any of my messages. Um, <laughs> so, all three of these things have their application, even in a home defense scenario. They, sure. They all, all three of them really do. Yeah. Um, let's say between a plate carrier and a chest rig, just because it's the same plane as opposed to a belt, a different sure. plane of your body. Um, I find that a plate carrier is actually easier to get on than a chest rig. Mm. Um, I buy that. Given yeah. That it has, there's a lot plates. of struggling. Like there's it's a, a like it's a too small T-shirt with some chest rigs, especially the tactical Taylor Mav that's not front open. Yeah, right? and if you're not running an H harness, yeah, trying to get the, the weird crossover. straps and stuff, and you get things you get things confused, and you put your arm through the the neck hole and stuff like that. that. It's like a lot the, harder. And I'm like the old GI H harness was yeah. like that, and yeah. you had to you had to flip it around oh, like three times man. before you get okay. No, there no. And oh no take, no no! One take this from someone that wore a tactical Taylor chest rig over my IOTV in Iraq because I was a driver. IOTV. So I would, uh, my my large interceptor outer tactical vest. 
improved. Oh yeah, improved yeah. outer tactical vest. It's yeah. the big one. It's okay. got It's a military grade vest. It's can't explain it here, but go, go Google IOTV. Yeah, you if, can't miss it. So you go look at that, and I had you know your standard kind of across the flap with a cross back chest rig on because what I was doing was driving primarily an armored Humvee. It was easier for me to access magazines when it was just propped up next to me, or if even I was in a, a machine gunner's turret standing up, than trying to have minimal clearance because you know you extend my my body's now six to eight inches thicker all around. Well, chest rig definitely what, makes you Since you got out of the military, or <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> While he's you wearing, know what? Coach. You know what? I'm I'm a veteran and I don't like being talked to like that. <laughs> um, if you make him flashback, we all have to leave. <laughs> <laughs> not cool man um so <laughs> so so you're saying that um you'd rather combine them instead of wearing like you did uh in the military the the, the chest rig over the body armor you'd rather combine the two yeah that was very huh. and it, it worked for what i needed because i was i couldn't i couldn't wear plate carrier regulation yada 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 because there are plate carriers that you can you know, use a Fastex buckle and clip a chest rig, which is beautiful. It's a great sure. modular system. I didn't have access to that. It just wasn't happening. Um, but even if we're just talking some a nice minimalist plate carrier, is going to be very easy to get in and out of most of the time. I think I would say it's much easier. Now, the caveat to that is some of the thinner, more minimalist ones really require the rigidity of the plate itself to make it easy to access. Yeah, some of these things, like we said, which we start talking about cost. A Tactic Taylor Mav, you know, goes on sale for thirty bucks, forty bucks, you know, seventy five dollars normal. And a plate and carrier minimum is going to run you several hundred dollars. Four, I'd say at a minimum, hard, hard four minimum, four hundred. That's yeah, like 400. steel, I think, is about four hundred. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not telling you to run out and buy body armor and a plate carrier. Um. It, it's it's a, I think it's definitely easier as a quick on and awning and what doffing is what they I've never donning and doffing I've That's never right. I've donned and doffed I have I'm not afraid to since a lot of it those, was a dark time in my life a lot of those plate carriers you can just it's just two velcro yeah straps. You I have lift one velcro it off and take it right off one sure. sided one of my There's plate a carriers has a side entry. You know, the, the plastic dowel, you just kind of slide over. Uh-huh. It's a, a tension buckle. Well, all four point contact points on it are those. So I can literally open it up like a book just off my chest if I have to. I'm literally in and out of that thing in five seconds. It's Never it's judge fast. an Ethan by his book cover. Or his plate carrier. Yeah. Yep. So, so what I'm I, getting to You know to what? Is, I think I heard a collective... If it's not a video, if it didn't happen on video, it didn't happen when you <laughs> said that. that. So you want me to? No, we're not. You know what? No. Yeah. Okay. I'm not. I anyway. think that's so happen. vehicle ops. We can all we can agree that uh, chest rig and or plate carrier, depending on your level of uh, of of cost, I guess. Well, uh, what I was gathering from it was it depends on how often do you have to take it off and put it on, and, and, that's and, how, and how quickly. Right. And in a home defense scenario, you're going to want absolutely the fastest sure thing possible some people don't even think that's a necessity and that's this is a whole that we could literally have two or three podcasts dedicated to just this topic this there are whole classes you can take multi-day classes about how to set up for home defense and offensive things and defensive things and this that and the other a belt i would honestly say that a belt is about as equally as fast as a plate carrier 
it's just a different thing. It's, it's a it's, different it's a, method, yeah. And you'll find guys. So that like they, a tactical belt with your mags on. Yeah, and you're with the a battle belt, belt or, an, belt, battle or belt. an inner outer belt, preferably something that you could throw on over PJs. I would assume. And the thing is, you saw not um, necessarily that you have to throw it on over an inner belt. You but can even sling it over an your. And the thing I've always liked about having a belt setup is, if you have to, just throw it over your chest. Just yeah, yeah. Open over your like shoulder, a sling, like a bandolier, yep. yeah. like a bandolier. There's no one, nothing says you can't do that. Um, it perhaps it's more versatile. I, I think it's less expensive to get into. I think yeah, yeah as an definitely. initial upload, I think a good belt. And there's a bazillion belts on the market. Some yeah. guys do Molly. You can do there's there. There was this kind of this upswing where belts got really big and padded and huge. Yeah, because again the military yeah. started issuing Cry had the AVS the, not the AVS, the blast belt. You got blast belt which and, was an armored belt. Ice battle belts, which was another armored uh, option. Blue Force rolled theirs with yeah. the battle belt, the Soxy, and then it kind of you're now right now and just kind of the what I'm seeing is as the and this is again, this is I guess congruent kind of concurrent with how the war is winding down. Mm-hmm. And again, people take their cues from the special operations community and the people that, you know, they start. They they are the ones that start this process. That's where it begins. Um, is there's now this kind of resurgence to slimming back down and getting sure, back yeah. down to the basics. Minimal amounts of armor, minimal amounts of kit, minimum very small belts because some of these belts are very large. They're very comfy, but they're large and padded. So you have that same kind of increasing your all around circumference. Girth, yeah. yeah. And some or, of us are girthy enough. Because everyone was like, well, I like a belt because it takes all the stuff off my chest. Well, they took everything off their chest. Yeah. And then they added, you know, nine inches to their waist. So six of one, half a dozen of the other. Um, you really, and we're, we're going down the rabbit hole deep. You really have to yeah, take it. Because you're getting good, into mobility issues. It, there's you know. so many different things. I think that's why it's highly, highly uh, uh, personal. It, it's absolutely subjective. There's no yeah. right answer. Absolutely well, not. One, one of the things that you, I, I have to say this, though, about your home defense is, you know how you move one little thing in your bedroom? You move a dresser an mm-hmm. inch and you smack into it for the next eight days in a row. Sure. That's going to be, you have to think about having this gear on yeah. and you going through your house. You know, are you going to get hung up on something? Are you going to knock stuff over? So, See, my gear is so you set have to, up. Well, that's why a secondary. chest rig might yeah. work better for you just because you're not going to have them possibly have the bulk on the side. Now, if your primary thing is something goes bump in the night and you grab for something, chest rig, plate carrier, uh, belt, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. If you train for that, and you need to train for that, obviously you don't yeah. need to fumble around have a dark. Have your vest to... put in the same Shut position. Shut your lights, I'm telling you. Put, Everything yeah. has to be done Grab the it. way you would do it. Shut your I lights prefer, off and walk around you know, your house with you. I am of the, uh, I, I want to keep it as simple as possible, which means the donning or doffing of any chest rig or belt is secondary. That's going to be. That's never going to be my primary. I'm going to grab this and go see what the bump is. That's always going to be okay. There's something weird going on. You know, there's a firefight in the street. You know, there's something. You know, there's ninjas coming down out of the attic. You know, something. Something where you need to get ready for it. My primary is always just grab whatever the, the firearm and go to it. And that firearm's going to have a light. It's going to have extra ammo on it. Uh, it may or may not have a sling. Um, so that that is that is my minimalist rig. Well, and Scott, se. you know, you being who you are, being a father, that kind of presents this whole other. And we're, like I said, we're we're starting to mix equipment with tactics, and you really have to find that apex between those two planes of what you're doing and what you got to use to do it. You know, what sure. what, what equipment, what a task you have to, what task you have to accomplish. If you have kids, basically what I'm getting at is no one is going to tell you to go hunt down someone in your house. Your optimal sure. plan is to harden up where you're at, 
get hard, get on the get on the phone to the police. You know, arm yourself, sure. obviously. Barricade yourself in. If you have I children mean, and things, that is an entirely yeah, separate... You, you have get, to go get in to. between them and whatever the danger is. Bingo. Or you've got to find them and make sure they're so safe. The equipment, or, yeah, right, the equipment, different. the equipment you're using, I mean, you could have a pillbox in your room. I don't care. You could literally... <laughs> if you're you and your wife and, That'd you're, be cool, and your schnauzer actually. and you have... You know, an MG like gun turrets under your bed. Bingo. It's like, yeah. you know, you're hardened up. Now when you got the kiddos... You could just have like a concrete footboard. No, no, no. Ooh, like you mix slot. it with the, with the, the grab-and-go shotgun headboard. <laughs> yeah. You've seen that thing, right? You boom, yeah. grab your, your 240, drops no. down, drop it into a pinnel mount. I'm picturing a concrete Bam. pillbox with a rear entry... It's got the machine gun slits in the that's front. That's what I'm talking. That's the the board. mattress. It's the size. It's the exact size of your box spring, and the mattress sits sits on top of that. Well, you got to have your reverse deflate because your hard quarters are gonna <laughs> you're gonna turn into a grenade sump. You have to have a good grenade sump. Um, <laughs> Always so, with a grenade sump, of course. Don't be. If silly. you want, okay. So if you okay, let me let me. We're, we're getting at where this is totally. Ethan, dead. just get back to it. Hey, man. <laughs> There's a lot of ins and outs. So you're saying we should all buy an IOTV and a tech? No, you're okay, not. Okay, so you only need about four thousand dollars to get into this. So it's very attainable. Um, just lots re- of ten-speed pouches. Remortgage the house, no yeah. big deal. Anyway, basically, I'm going to tell you what what you should have: a weapon. I'm not going to tell you sure. what you should have as far as a weapon is yeah. concerned. You need juice for it, aka you need ammo, whatever it is. You need good ammo that sure. you know works. You need a medical equipment. I am gonna. I will sure. say that you need medical equipment. There's just you're not gonna you're not gonna convince me otherwise. Period. You need medical equipment. You need a flashlight, a good flashlight. Yeah. And you need a freaking cell phone. And those are the yeah, things that you that's need. True. That's a very good what point. What if you shoot the guy, and they know that you have the metal glove medical equipment? Fit. Nope, glove didn't fit. And you glove didn't, didn't fix fit. him. <laughs> And then they. I didn't want to use this old quick clot on him. It looks like it expired a month from now. I heard that it's really hot, and I didn't want to put him in more pain than he already seemed to be in. Yeah, I have a tiny house, and I keep the medical <laughs> equipment in the bathroom, and then you know, there's some in the car, of course, but uh, that's that's a little further away. And well, I so used the tourniquet on his neck. But, that was about the only option. I but felt if I, I were to have a grab and go vest, like you said, as a primary, I'd definitely put a blowout kit or something. I think there. for yeah, a house for sure. where you could literally do, and I, I had mine set. I had a carrier set up like this because I it was a lot of vehicle and it was a discreet. It was for low pro stuff sure. that I was doing. Um, is two mags next to each other. And an IFAC, right, excuse me, a, a, a individual first aid kit, medical kit, right on the front. Sure. No side, no lateral, anything. It was as skinny That's on true. the size That'd it could nice. be. What do you, I mean, you don't need seven mags in your house. I'm so, I mean, if you you don't need it. I'm telling you, you don't. If you do, again, pillbox. Maybe you don't. We're back to the pillbox issue. But I Belt would say fed. a good hard line is a mag and a gun, <laughs> two on your person, if you're really going like this, medical equipment and a flashlight. Um, I know guys that he, I know some people that have like a burner phone. They just keep a phone in their rig at all sure. times, a little Go phone or something. So if God forbid their phone goes down or whatever, they always have a phone with minutes like on a, it, like a 25 minute prepaid yep, phone just, or something. With an ice number plugged in, they got to turn it on and press a button, and they're out to 911. That is that as a, as a civilian. Is yeah, you don't even need a SIM concern. card when, for when that. When he said ice number, that's in case of emergency. Yeah. So it's just a quick. It's maybe and, it's and the only number in there. Yeah. And you some have like and your you, wife and the police. And you can. Even you use your old cell phone if you can keep it charged. Uh, you don't have to have a SIM card. It'll still call 911. So that's something to keep in mind. That's a very good point. All, yeah, all phone call or all cell phones will now yeah. make emergency calls. So, so thanks, Brandon, for turning this into a... Uh, no, it's Should I stuff. use Condor or Taylor? You should have 
a pillbox in your bedroom. That's where <laughs> yeah. that's where it went. Um, so we answered questions you sure. didn't care about and weren't asking. So um, you you're could welcome. probably just Thank build it up you. with quickcrete, like bat, you know, the fifty pound know, bags. Just keep stacking them. That's you not going to stop API though. No, 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 no. Uh, you you use uh, sandbags four deep, right? Standard four yeah, deep. Four deep. Right, right. You you put your aircraft pallet on top. Pop the sandbags on that. Mattress goes on that. That's your bed. Done. Sounds like you're above it though. No, you, that's where you sleep. You crawl under it when somebody's there. But what if you, you don't have time? Roll. You roll and roll. You roll, roll out, Martin, roll in. It. If you're not rolling, you're not working. If you're so lazy that you need to sleep in your pillbox, he sees, sees me, me. I'm, I'm down. down. Okay. <laughs> and those of you guys who've been through basic training once or twice will get that. They didn't teach us. That's that an Air exclusive. Club. I had to go to advanced training for that. Oh. Oh yeah. That was called a punishment. For us. <laughs> Yes, it was. I get yelled at for getting mud in the butt of my, uh, the Whoa. pistol grip of my rifle. We got yelled at for not having mud in the pistol grip of our <laughs> rifle. You're not dirty enough. Do it again. <laughs> Good stuff. So, well, the one thing that I think we needed to talk about, just because it's kind of a big thing going on right now, is the fact that the government is going to scrap $1.2 billion worth of ammunition. I can't get to the bottom of this. I can't figure out what ammo. They said they didn't know what ammo they had, so they were going to scrap it? I'll come look at it. Or the Air Force computers wouldn't talk to the Army computers, wouldn't talk to the Marine Corps computers, so they had to scrap it? I'm so confused about this whole issue. You know, we say I read this two make- articles on this, and they both sucked. Dude, we say this doesn't make sense, but Scott, you and I know from oh, it makes the way, way ammo stuff and the word Dodic gets Dodic. involved, and everything just goes down the pipe. Here's, here's how bad the system is. Um... There's a there's a dotic which means if I want ammo I use that number to order it basically right there's a dotic for let's call it uh, it's the government item number yeah. for something basically let's call it a, a nine millimeter right um, which is a bad example let's call it three oh eight let's say there's a dotic for sniper ammo. Uh, to use a very general uh, non technical terms right there's a dotic for sniper ammo. So, the sniper ammo is uh, called M118LR. It's a 175-grain Sierra Match King hollow point with a conilure, uh over, I don't know, 47 grains of Varget or something like that. You know, like just that. to keep it without, in, outside to keep of technical it, To terms. keep it completely yeah. non-technical. To keep it as simple as possible. It's a very, <laughs> it's a very specific round. Uh, it, it has a very specific dope. It is used for shooting people at long range. It was developed by the AMU and the, the, the Army Special Forces types to shoot people at long distances. Okay. So here I am. I'm sitting in my office ordering ammo, and I put this Dodic in for this sniper ammo. And, and, and the sniper ammo comes, and guess what? It can be M118LR. It could be M118 Special Ball. It could be M856. It doesn't have to be the ammo you order because there are suitable substitutes. Uh, uh. That's what's so great about our system. They bother to give you a dodic, and then they suitable sub, and they send you whatever they want. So unless you're in good with the guy further up the chain in the ammo you know, supply system, you can get ammo you didn't want and have no need for. And that's, that's the government system in a nutshell. And unfortunately, uh, you know, nothing surprises me anymore about this ammo. I mean, they said you can't sell your brass anymore as brass. You have to destroy it 
I'm sorry, as used, you know, ammo casings. You have to destroy it and sell it as scrap brass, right? They came out with that one a few years ago. And now they're saying we have to destroy all this ammo because we don't know if anybody can use it. And I don't know what. Somebody said it was out of date, but I've pulled ammo out of a Dodic code for Match 30-06 that was, you know, made in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And, and I was shooting this stuff in 2004, 2006. So there, there's no – that's not it. Ammo doesn't get old, right? It might well, go bad, ammo, but it doesn't get old. Ammo may not get old, but if we're thinking about certain items, smart bombs, laser-guided munitions. Sure, those things, things could like all that, become obsolete. That, that could sure. have something yeah. that they find out, oh, my gosh, that motherboard degrades after 20 years. It's sure, no longer yeah. reacting the way we want it to. Or, or there like could that. be no more wait, platforms. Wait, 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 wait. What? Bombs have motherboards in them? Yes, some of them And do. some of them have fatherboards. The They're thinking. <laughs> yeah. They're aware. That's what a JDAM is. You haven't been paying attention, have you? What? Never mind. The And that's another thing. There are platforms that can't drop old bombs that we still have in inventory because the computer's not set up to drop that bomb. Right. It's just, it just, you know, you can either retrofit it to this or you have you to figure out a new program. The, you have to send the old fighter that has that still in it. You have to write a new program for it. You have to, you know, retrofit it. You have to do a whole other study for the, and this thing costs lots of money. And so sometimes it's cheaper just to. Well, they're saying that the $1.2 billion worth of ammunition is only representing, it represents less than 2% of our $70 billion uh, of conventional ammunition. Yeah, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. And here's the other thing. Maybe this is all for Navy five-inch guns. I don't speak Navy. I'm sorry. You know, maybe maybe this is only for Navy eight-inch guns, and we don't have any more of those. You know, there's no telling what this stuff is. They nobody can tell us. Yeah. (laughs) And nobody can. uh, And nobody knows. I mean, like, there's maybe there's some better information out there if we hunt it down, but. you know, uh, yeah, this stuff goes on all the time. I don't think it's a big deal. You got to think. I mean, this is a billion rounds spread throughout the entire. It's a billion dollars. We don't know. Oh, how I'm many. sorry. Was it? You said you oh, said oh, rounds. Oh, oh, it's a billion dollars. I just one... saw it today. Well, I a billion and dollars is not be, real money. And it could even be. It could be bombs, rockets, or actual. You know. Yeah, you got to think. Of yeah, what, what if this is old five, missiles, five, rounds. old Vietnam era missiles that were for M yeah. uh, F4s and they don't fit on anything anymore? Heck, I mean, this could be like what is it? Old Sheridan? Was it Sheridan and and could be you know anything. the old air defense missiles? Could be this could right. be anything. I, I I would not jump on the get bent bandwagon about you know why don't they? Some of this stuff literally you you probably have no use for. Again, it's one of those things that napalm that we try to be objective about because we don't have all the information. We don't have all the facts. Yeah, evidently the army has said that we can't use any more of this stuff. Let's destroy it. And this is from For USA whatever Today, reason. so this is probably bad. And uh, and the other services, some of them might be able to use it, but their systems don't talk to one another, of course. So the other services don't know about the ammo and they can't use it. Right. So I, I, I'm okay with this. This I've seen far worse. Far more money spent on more horrid ideas than this. this I mean, look, look at the Osprey mag- that yeah. they shoved down the Marine Corps' throat. I mean, Crash Omatic 9000? Yes. I mean, that actually killed people. Burning up this amount of money and ammo doesn't really bother me, I guess. 
this actually this made me think about when they what they found out that that stash of uh, Garands and M1s and 1911s in Korea. Oh yeah. And they banned the import. They they couldn't. They said we, they, these were our guns. I mean, this is. I thought they said that they were going to sell them here now. I, I thought, thought they, 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 they did a stay on that. Really? Man, I thought I that. Absolutely. Now we haven't seen any of these for sale yet, yeah. so it hasn't affected anything. Oh. So they're probably still sitting in that warehouse, unguarded, yeah. waiting to be. Because I mean, they said there there was some insane amount of just beautiful guns. Appar- you know, just, apparently, they put a stay on that, and that they will actually be sold here now. Yeah, oh, we'll that see. Makes me happy. Well, if somebody gets it in on a form one, that be nice, but we'll That'd see. That'd be cool to see if the price of Garands goes down, say, below a 1000 or so. No. Garands ain't costing a grand anymore. No, I don't <laughs> see it. I just see them going up. If you don't already have a Garand, they're just going to get more expensive, so go buy one. Can I have yours? No, you, you know, can't buy the, the, you have one? Yeah, of Why course I do. Why are you holding me? Oh, he's got, I got a, a nice I got one. a Garand and a 1903 A3. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got my collection. I just need a, I need a carbine. I should have got on the carbine bandwagon when they imported them in. So I wanted to ask you guys if y'all had ever heard of the Hydra. Yeah, go ahead and ask us. Okay, so... Okay. Yeah, I have. And why is this? What are we talking about? The new somebody sent me movie? somebody sent me something about it. it was okay. It was a picture of Obama and Biden whispering at each other's ears, and it said "Hail Hydra" on it. So that's from the that's from Captain the America. Avengers Captain America thing. And I'm not a comics guy, and that? I knew that. So that was a really that was really that's where you dude. went. No, it's a MGI multi-caliber AR. You shot that. Oh, the Hydra. Oh, MGA the, Hydra. The MGA, is it a Hail Hydra? No. You shot that at SHOT Show. Yeah. I yeah, shot the nine, you did. You shot the 9 millimeter, millimeter version. version. This thing has been out since like 2000, by the way. This is not a new product. But for some reason, it's finally getting traction. And I think the reason is they brought the price down. I remember these things were... You know, the MGI Hydra was 500-some-odd bucks for just the lower back in the day. And that was way outrageous because you could buy a regular for 100 bucks. Right. But now, fast forward to now, they're selling the whole gun for about the $1,200 mark, which puts it right in line with a decent high-end gun. And, well, now they're also, they're selling it with kits. They're selling yeah, it they've so always, you can get the 9mm and the 7.62 and yeah. the 5.56. Now, it's always been a modular magwell. And the great thing about right. the Hydra, like you said, with it is the different calibers. It can be a regular AR-15. Take regular AR-15 mags. It can be a 7.62 by 39. Take AK mags. Uh, I believe they have – I don't know if they have a 5.45 that takes AK-74 mags. I, I can't remember. They have a nine. I think they have a nine millimeter that takes HK MP5 mags. Yeah, I'm not I know they have. They have. Thing. Anyways, they the the magwell is basically a separate piece than the rest of the lower receiver on this AR15, which means that they can make just about anything you can think of fit in this gun. Which is a uh, well, their nine millimeter will take a Colt style nine millimeter. I was going to say it had to be like Uzi, yeah, because yeah, yeah. I remembered Uzi mags or something, and that's what the Colt SMG Colt, mags, Colt are SMG mags, basically yeah. Uzi yeah. mags. Yeah, and they got an AK version. I know they got an AR version, of course. It was a uh, cool idea. I will give it that. Idea, it was a yeah. great, you know, hard to use gun. I don't know, but I mean, well, if you if you like shooting multiple calibers, I think it'd be cool to take. Well, a look at. I, here, I thought it was. Cool. Here's one of the things to think about with this is that if you take that lower and you SBR it. Now you can have an SBR 9mm, an oh, SBR yeah. 7.62x39, and a 5.56, and a 22 long rifle. That's it. All under that one lower. I bet the ATF would find a way to kibosh that. Nah, no, no, no. That's perfectly I don't think so. Really? Because you, be? you can swap around yeah, uppers right now. And there's a lot of um, 
uh, basically there's a few actual long rifles, you know, bolt action long yeah, rifles, yeah. because overseas you can only own one. Non, or yeah, yeah. And yeah, so yeah. what they do is they you have all the, the you can get different bolts, you can get different barrels, and they all just mate right up to each other. So yeah, you have I guess if the two fifty the Sig two fifty still exists, then this it looks still like uh, right now they're limited to the nine millimeter SMG we talked about, the five five six, the three hundred blackout. And the uh, 7.62 by 39 AK that we talked about. And did about. you say 22 long rifle? No, that's, that's no on there 22 too. long rifle conversions from them, but you can use any 22 upper. Uh, you could use their AR Magwell and use you know Black Dog magazines or. or you know what? Like you know what I hate when I'm sitting here thinking about something I said like 20 minutes ago. And I'm like, man, I didn't finish that thought process. And now I'm like, I got a really cool answer for that thing we were talking about. Well, do it. Throw it out there. I'm ch- can I, you can you work it back in? I can you know. cut it back in? Well, I was thinking about when we if were talking not, about If not, maybe the, somebody else has been sitting there I going, think, he never finished that thought. And I, 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 I tried to – I started jumping in down the Glock barrel, the threaded barrel hole, and I was like explaining how as opposed to some of the other companies that say, yeah, we have unobtainium things that you can't buy. Oh, you're um, saying Glock isn't that, military uh, right. contract centric. Glock more has been cop. always very transparent. I guess just transparent to the market, yeah. really, with their and they're offerings. very cop centric. Yes, and yeah. the, the law enforcement market has really underwritten that company for a long time. Um, and I think when I, because I stepped away and said that the civilian market kind of looks, I think it looked like it was ripe. It was it was time for them to kind of sprinkle, you know, sprinkle that out there. That I would I would venture a guess that as many agencies and entities that have been using Glocks professionally for as long as they have, that Glock's been supplying threaded Glocks more than we think they have. Huh. You think so? I, I venture know. a guess maybe, but now my own rebuttal to that is if that's the case, just like everything else that makes it, why have they not wound up on the market more? See, and that's the thing. I mean, they, they are available. I mean, you can go right now to, I know, uh, I think I mentioned before, Jim Tech sells them. You can go right now and buy Glock factory threaded. But I, but I would to also ask you on that. I, you know, we've talked about the silencers being more predominant in the law enforcement, but not on the handguns. No, I don't think so. I would ever. I wouldn't know, or I wouldn't think. I think it makes a gun too bulky to be a normal thing. No, no, absolutely. I mean, it's it's cool, and I like I love shooting. Maybe a special run for the LA SWAT. You know, that would be the only thing I. Well, there's some other. I don't. When I say entities. That one I'm not talking about stateside law enforcement. Well, I'm talking about – well, that's what I was talking about, stateside. He's talking about special people. Yeah, you're talking you about know. special forces and all those. Yeah, I guarantee you that's been done. There's no there's no doubt. You talk about the acquisition and they make one phone call and another guy makes another phone call. And Glock's like, sure, there's some field testing. Yeah, and they turn a batch for, for yeah. whomever. You know? I mean, because face it, they, there's a lot of entities. Or you know. sometimes those guys probably just have a, a guy that they yeah. will just send the extended barrels to and say, hey – we need some yeah. suppressors or to fit Glock on our guns. Or Glock has been outsourcing that turning for a long time. Went OEM with somebody and said, if we ever need it done, we just send it to so-and-so. They do it, and that's all there is. So right. technically, and Glock can go hands-off, and they say, we don't, you know, there's not a... We've not never a, done that. It's not an OEM not what we do. threaded yeah. barrel, yeah. Hmm. I, I don't know. It was just something that was popping hmm. into my head the whole time. So, If you've had a Glock 26, you could always get a Glock 19 barrel... And then yeah. take that and have it threaded. Have it threaded by just about anybody to any thread, right? The, as you say, the, the 34s and the Yeah, 17Ls. you could probably do a 34 on a 17. That would stick out a little now bit, Now, why right? does uh, – I know we've talked about this. Why does the 17 not work in a 19? Because they're both 9 Now, the 17 and the 19 have different locking lugs, and if you look at the bottom of the barrels, they got different lockups, uh, just enough to be different and not work with one another. Um 
there's some I think you can go one way but not the other, but I wouldn't recommend it and I wouldn't definitely wouldn't shoot it. You can like, you know, make it work. Uh I put my Gen four uh, Glock 21 upper. Uh, no, I put my Gen 3 Glock 21 upper on my Gen 4 lower, and uh. that's not supposed to work. And it looked like it might work, but I wouldn't shoot it that way. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there are some things you can do, and I wouldn't recommend shooting. If you're going to do that, what you what you're talking about, go buy an aftermarket threaded barrel. Uh, probably stay away from uh, some brands more than others. Uh, KKM, Storm Lake are probably a good bet. Um, I think Barstow. I always recommend a hand fit. I'm kind of a snob when it comes to that. Nah, yeah, there's no reason for that on a Glock. On a Glock? Nah, I get the drop in, man. Well, we do have two more little announcements oh, just to get out there. Oh, uh, FNH is doing a price cut on their I black FNS 9s and FNS 40s. Basically, across mm-hmm. the board, the MSRP is just dropping 100 bucks. Well, uh, now, they bad. say it's because of volume. I think it's they're trying to get the guns out there. In and the it's hands black. It's black customers. only. Apparently, it's not any of the other colors they may offer it in. Yeah, which makes um, sense. So you're looking like most likely, or for the most part, it's going from a 700 to a 600 MSRP. Yeah, MSRP, which probably goes from a six and a half to a five and a half. I street five fifty yeah. is probably what you'll which, see. Which are much more in line than your Glocks, XDMs, and the like. Uh, Those which are is not. Good for them. I'll tell you right now, those are not bad guns. I don't think you'd. Add, I think you would not be remiss. No, I don't think you'd have guns. any problem with an FNS, and uh, I wouldn't hesitate to recommend it. Uh, there's not a lot of aftermarket. Uh, that's support. my only. That was going to be my next thing. And the yeah. aftermarket's not there. You know what I handled the other day? Just random. The, that PO7. I, I always go and the pick CZ? up a PO7 duty. I think that is such a nice feeling gun. It's too thick. See, it's I, too the, wide. You know, my but my gripe. Yeah. And I guess now that I'm using slide releases more, uh-huh. um, even as a lefty. That frame is very tall. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, yeah. you're not, you, I'm used to Glocks and MMPs that have that sure. longer side. Oh, you're talking about not the reverse, uh, yeah. the reverse rail system of yeah. CZs. That's uh-huh. always been a contention with me. There's not enough to grab onto, it feels like, but I've never had an issue with it. And again, I think actuality. that's one of those Westerner, like we're not used yeah. to the CZs. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like I have a, torn my thumbnail completely off with the rear sight on a CZ <laughs> because your, your hand's in a different kind of spot yep. and your thumbnail's right there. And I've done that twice. Uh, back when I ran CZs, and uh, I still wouldn't recommend, hesitate to recommend a CZ. I just don't like the polymer one. That's just me. I, I, well, speaking of the you know anti-polymer, uh-huh. um, a LF Arms is releasing a metal magazine release button for the uh, MMPs. Not really sure. LF? Oh, I saw oh, that. Was yeah, yeah, LF yeah. Arms. I just started following them on Instagram. I just saw it last so week. So I don't yeah. know really what would make is this, that. Is this needed? Is this just a nice upgrade? Well, I'll tell you. It's not needed, right? Nobody's complaining about wearing out their I don't know. releases I, on their MMPs. That's what I'm wondering. And I know that uh, Ethan used to shoot a lot of MMP. Yeah, because I've got a catalyst in mind, the, the catalyst, which was made by uh, M3 Strategies, 21st Century Gunfighter, if you heard of them. And that's a oh, yeah. yeah, this is this one's a, it's a melanite coated, and it retails for about 20 and uh, comes in the flavors of standard or extended. Yeah, I don't know. This this is this is one of those things that I guess would be a nice upgrade. Not going to hurt anything if it's done right. I've, I I saw I was watching some some back and forth on it, and some guys. It's not were hugely like, extended, right? It's just a little extended. If well, I read that you right, you can get yeah. regular or you can get the extended. Oh, they it, have two but versions. But you're just replacing oh, okay. the polymer, which is why I'm wondering. Yeah. You know, I've never heard of any issues with the mags no, not dropping free no, or anything like that. I heard anything? But hmm. the there is one company out there that is very very adamant about keeping their look to themselves Glock and that would be Glock 
Yeah, this, and this is not out of everybody. they are out suing again. We had talked about that uh, blank firing pistol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now they're hammering some airsoft companies. Yeah, the, uh, the airsoft companies have uh, have gotten away with not being sued uh, by Glock because they've stayed out of the American market. Now, however, with globalization, Amazon, eBay, and the like, those guns are starting to turn up in some of the markets that Glock keeps an eye on. And Glock will not hesitate to sue you if it thinks you're infringing on their look. And uh, I think they'll win these, and I think these people will change their guns around. 